Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Rob. And on this episode, I'm going to review Cascadia. And I'm going to be reviewing Nemesis. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Uh, before we start, we always go into some banter, but even before that, um, there's something that's different. And what's different is that Rob is sitting in for Ryan because Ryan this week has been dealing with COVID that has touched his, his household. Yes. Uh, we're all thinking of Ryan right now. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, I'm happy to uh, come in and sit in his seat for uh for an hour and yeah. uh, hold the fort yeah and you're quite and you're 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 uh privy to this knowledge because wednesday you guys usually do your your card game um yeah. uh, live stream and you had to uh, po- cancel that one we so. did yeah it's uh yeah it is what it is like obviously no worries there um mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's yeah we broke our our, our long streak there <laughs> Yeah, so, it's, it's too bad. But so, thank you for uh, totally huge. Thank you for for quickly stepping in. Uh, uh, no problem um, to uh, do this. Uh, okay, so yeah, we usually start about talking about some games. I'm gonna. Um, he, you know what? Get the the guest seat first. What uh, what have you been playing lately? Well, we Anna Marie and myself, we've been playing a lot of things lately. It's been really. Uh, good lately lots of yeah. things coming in the door and lots of stuff getting to the table um a couple of things uh that have been really good lately has been onk the gods of egypt uh, uh, on games yes that that uh that game is just my type of game you know uh the area control and the minis and the whole the whole meal deal man battling gods and warriors and uh it's great it's uh it's a fantastic game if anyone knows the the blood rage and the yeah, rising sun say the trilogy, yeah yeah then you know what this game's kind of all about but this one is so much different than those other two and it's so great because all three of them are really really different and i'm a big fan of all three but this one actually slid in uh as my number two now it oh. is beat out rising sun this one beat out rising sun but blood okay. rage is a, that's that's a tough tough one to beat but <laughs> yeah it's good it's good well, um, and and where does it fit? Like, um, I remember Blood Rage was supposed to be his his interpretation or his muse to risk, and um, uh, uh, Rising Sun was supposed to be that that influence of diplomacy. Now, I don't know where this if if he did that tie-in because that's what I was, thought was cool was you know that that influential influential yeah. kind of like design push. You know, so, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm thinking this one has mechanics, allies, right? <laughs> it has mechanics that I haven't played before. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Well, that's so, that right. Is, is that's the one that you're talking about that uh, second and third team up so that they go or yep. become one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that happens. The merging of the, of the, the bottom two gods become one and they become like a super God. They're, they're coming after you. And there's also a shared action track where, uh, every movement or every action I take, um, affects everyone else at the table oh um because it's just the way that the actions move you move closer and closer and closer every time you do certain actions to triggering an event so if we all like to do a lot of movement we're going to trigger an event quickly but if we kind of space it out and i do a few movements and somebody else does adding guys to the board someone else uh 
does. There's four actions yeah. on there, but for me to choose from. But yeah, if you all kind of do the same thing, you're gonna kind of get through the the game quicker. It's gonna trigger all these different events, and it's really cool. You know, that makes me immediately think of Trajan. I don't know if you've played Trajan. Before. I have not played that. Yeah, when you so, when you um when you do your turn, depending on the amount of of uh, tokens on on the action spot that you select, that moves this. I would say collective uh, um, timer around the track. So okay. if you have a lot of actions, if everybody has a lot of actions on the turn, that turn progresses quickly. And it's a lot of the times you can get caught thinking, oh, I'll get a turn. I'll get a turn in this round. And it's like, no, because the person in front of you just pushed that timer and then, right. and then things happen. Right. And it's like, oh, you get caught. Right. Yeah. That, and that's similar. Um, the cool. cool thing with it though, is that you'll never, um, you never, are left without the action you want because some some games will do that right mm -hmm. where you the block you get left like oh i really needed to do a movement action this turn but now it's not available yeah everything's always available however because after it triggers an event it resets and then it goes back to you know three or four movements to trigger another event okay and uh it it just really it really piqued my interest it's just really really cool it um you can always do what you want but yeah. depending on what you do does affect each other so it's cool Cool. Yeah. I'm, you know what? That's, I'm not like, I don't own any of those. I've played uh, Blood Rage a couple of times, totally enjoyed it. And, and once the, I've figured out that it's a card drafting game more than anything. It is. Right. Yes. This, what's going on on the board is a result of what you choose with your cards. I've not played Rising Sun. I love that idea of alliance systems and, and just that strategic when to start one, when to die, you know, dive out yep. of one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this intrigues me from the thematic point of view. Like uh, that, that it whole, is neat. Yeah. It's cool. cool. Like when that merge is very controversial, a lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. Um, we've only, uh, every time we've done it, it's, it's been positive. Um, it hasn't had a really negative feeling because uh, it's kind of like a 50, 50 split. So yeah. Uh, when the merge happens, sometimes that God comes out from yeah. underneath and wins it. And other times whoever was in front wins it. But so it's not like it's, it's broken. It seems mm -hmm. to just, it seems to kind of work either way. And it really depends on who you're playing with too, because if yeah. those two people get combined and there's one, you know, strong headed person, they'll kind of control everything. So as long as you kind of work together, it's still fun. It's good. Yeah. For me, sometimes controversy about a game usually indicates that there's a unique mechanism at play. Absolutely. That people, <laughs> there either, is. that people either grok right away or don't grok right away. And those who don't grok it are the ones that are going, ah, it's broken. It's like, right. you didn't figure it out. <laughs> you didn't totally. solve that. You didn't get that uh, locker combination fast enough. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, it's good though. I, I, I recommend it. And you, you know, that, that merge thing can be left out too. So yeah. there's and that. It, and it's Simon. So it probably has a lot of real cool minis. Oh, does it ever? I've got boxes and boxes of minis <laughs> up here oh oh there's so many cool ones actually you, there's really funny one of my minis came without a head it's really funny all right like, i've been Ica, ichabod to, to Simon. yeah it's really hilarious they're sitting in the box and one's got a head and one doesn't and I'm like oh that's the first time i've seen that that's awesome but, unique there you go yeah um, right? i you, almost want to kind of keep it because it yeah. looks funny <laughs> yeah exactly it's unique do you yeah. paint i do yeah well there you go yeah, yeah so you, right? you've got a lot of rainy days covered Totally. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right on. Um, I'm I'm gonna this one. This is this gives me joy to talk about this game, and it might pain others that I'm talking about this game. Um, and that's Macau by Stefan Feld. Nice. And uh, we're and when we get to the news part, we're gonna talk about the part where a lot of people might be might be having issues with <laughs> me talking about this game. Yes. But uh, yeah, Macau. I'm Stefan Feld. Uh, um, I think it's a real ground. I think a real ground, but it's one of those Aaliyah Ravensburger things. Um, this is 17th century Macau, as far as like the port goes, and it's a Euro. Let's get this straight. It's a Euro. So there's a lot of tracks and a lot of kind of area control loosely veiled with the theme of uh, exporting, importing trade, you know, mercantile kind of port stuff. Um, but, uh, what's really cool about this game is the way he uses the dice and this win rose. So what happens is, okay, so set the stage. Um, you're trying to, uh, on the right hand side of the board, you've got this kind of cityscape with all these products that are going to cost you 
different colored cubes and these different colored cubes represent whatever you want. It's a Euro, it's cubes. <laughs> um, yeah. And then on the other side, the center part of the board um, is where your boat goes to do all this, uh, you know, the mercantile shipping and trade um, to all of these different locations. And each lo location has a set of three required goods. You know, it could be silks, it could be porcelain. Um, and those come from your ability to uh, claim them in the city area. So that's how that engine starts to work, where these turn into points, and then these points can be, you know, manufactured into uh, uh, export points. Um, and what you're doing each turn, um, and there's 12, there's 12 turns, and it's easy to know that because every turn, two cards come out, and you do a card draft thing. Now, your as far as your role in this game, you're a mercantile businessman and you've got your player tableau that has uh, a, a certain amount of contract spots available to you. And each top of the round, you have to take a contract. And it's these, these cubes that in one of your turns can activate one of these contracts. Now, if you have, when it comes to putting another contract on the board and you have no space, you take a penalty minus Ooh. three it's huge. Oh yeah, it's very, very Martin Wallace when it comes to oh, you are not efficient. Slap, right? slap. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the cool part in regards to managing that that uh, um, uh, let's say your your business desk. Now, how you get these resources is the cool part. You have this Winrose that has um, the uh, I think it's uh, eight sides. No seven sides for some one two three four five six and an arrow yes um so when at the top of the turn you roll these dice that are are five different colors five or six different colors and these colors represent the the resource cubes now the numbers um represent the amount but also the round that they come out in so if i have this win rose that's the arrows pointing at a blank space which is the cubes you can use on that round Mm -hmm. I roll the dice, maybe have a one green and a two blue and a three, you know how it's working, like a three, four, six gray. If I, I get to take two dice, I can take, I can invest in the future and take six gray and put it in the six slot. And as each turn goes, I slowly get to that future, um, you know, uh, investment of cubes. Right. right. And so you have to balance this out because when you turn that win rose into the next slot of cubes, if it's empty, you take a penalty, <laughs> right? And, and that's your turns, right? So if you've got a huge stack of cubes on your turn, when it's your turn, you get to spend all of them. It's not like I'll take my turn and go, you spend all of them. So it's, it's just sort of like, I wanna be first because I need this and this and this and this to and then I'm done. You guys can do what you want, right? Right, right. If, you're, if someone goes and does something ahead of you and takes a city tile that, that it's like, Oh, you know, then you can see who's got cubes coming up. So you might be like, in two rounds, I need to be ahead of you because I I can see in this city cluster that I need this certain area because end of game, if you can connect all of these little city areas that you've claimed for these goods, then you get double the points of their connection. So if you can connect six, you get 12 points. All right. Yep. Yep. And that, and then boop, game's done, right? So yeah, this game is so awesome. It is one of my favorite, I'd say, yeah, it's probably my favorite Feld game. And then there's Castles of Burgundy. Right, okay, that's that's saying something because a lot of people will have Burgundy on the top of that mountain, right? Mm. And uh, we here- um, I love, have, don't get me wrong, I love Burgundy, right? Yeah, no, I've and I've played Burgundy, mm, I wanna say three or four times, I don't own it. And there's the thing is I, I only own out of our, we have almost 400 games. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and we have one Feld game. <gasps> and it right? is. And it is bonfire. Really? See, yes. I, uh, Dave was telling me, yeah, you should try that. Ryan too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not out of a lack of wanting these games or not, but out of our crew here yeah. in Kelowna, almost everybody has like all the Felds. So it's oh, so, okay. Can, yeah. So it's not yeah. like you're, you're against them. It's it. like, you don't, yeah, it's in the community. No. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to get my hands on them and that one sounds really, really good. So uh, I want to say well, I may have played it. I can't see, remember. See, here's the, here's the, the conundrum part that a lot of people would be upset is that the game I have is out of print. 
But the version coming out, and we'll talk about that in the news part, is yes. part of that whole Queen's game fiasco. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I know a few people, not my, I got my copy like a, a while ago, but I know a few people who have bought the old Macau off of others with their anticipation of getting the better, the you know, the new game, and it's coming yep. right away. No, it's not. Oh, nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And we're back. So let's get to some news and let's start off with exactly what we've kind of <laughs> fit before we have that little bumper, the teaser about the uh, Feld City collection. So mm -hmm. um, you're, you're, you and Ryan and Jason um, yep. have this uh, uh, quickly... Quickly plug that, uh, your, your Kickstarter show. Yeah, it's, it's the Kickstarter Excessor Value Show. And it's on the, <laughs> the, the Dyson Dragons YouTube channel and has uh, Jason from Dyson Dragons, yours, your own Ryan from uh, Cardboard Conjecture on there, and then Anna Marie and myself. And we talk about, we well, well on any one episode, there's kind of a, a Kickstarter that we've been talking about in mm -hmm. the background that we all kind of have interest in. Yeah. And we sit down and we chat about it and we, we kind of go through it piece by piece, the whole campaign and talk about whether or not this has value to purchasing it, you know, or backing it, or yeah. if there's just so much excess and we find a lot of both. <laughs> so we kind of, we try to work our way through uh, each episode to find out which is the best pledge level, if any, that we mm -hmm. should be backing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I also, the, from the episodes I've watched, I also appreciate when you guys have the ability to uh, talk about the history of the company in Kickstarter. Like, because yep. there, there's some companies that I know people go, stay away. Don't even bother because yep. it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. It, we've learned a lot. It's been a, it's been a, uh, well, yeah. a therapy session too, right? Cause we're all, <laughs> we're all yeah. uh, very, very much trigger happy with clicking that back button. Hi, my name's so, Norm and I have a Kickstarter problem. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're getting good at it now. We're really starting to pick out the, uh, the little, uh, the little things that are red flags or, or, or like, you know, green, green, green goals for, for click, like, click, this click. is good. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, well, Talk to us about about some uh, perceived red flags about this Feld City collection by oh, Queens goodness. Games, because <laughs> you guys just did an episode about this, right? We so, did, and yeah, it was let, a doozy. Let me hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I set, oh, set the man. stage. Set the stage, because because I set the stage prior to this of a lot of people getting rid of their macaws because the new right? one was coming out, right? That's right. So exactly that. This this campaign was a Queens uh, Queen Games. Uh, Feld package game or uh, uh, campaign yeah. with four games in it. And right off the bat, I was confused about what was going on because <laughs> some of the game names I didn't recognize. And I was like, I thought that these were reprints or whatever. So what it was, it was, it was four games um, that he was packaging into one bundle that you could back on Kickstarter, which was, uh, I can't remember exactly which ones they were, because again, I am confused as to what's what. Um, there, but they changed the name of two of the games, I believe, to new names because the old publisher didn't have or kept the rights to the name of the games that Feld made. Yeah. So they came up with new names for them. I have, I have some, in, I have a New York City and yeah. Marrakesh. Yes. And then number three and four um, of the collection await. Yeah. Marrakesh, I believe, is the brand new uh, design. Yeah. Um, but the other three are, oh, here are we go. older games. Hamburg and Amsterdam. Those That's are the, them. yeah, those are the, the Bruges and the Macau. That's right. Okay. Re there you go. Revamps, I guess. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, again, it was very confusing out the gate. Um, and what they have is, <laughs> is, uh, cause that's really good when you want to have people right? invest in your idea. Right. Well, <laughs> when I, when I heard that this was a thing, I was like, oh, this is my chance to get in on 
the Feld stuff because we're yeah. way behind on it, right? Why yeah. not just do this one big thing and I'll get all four of these games that everyone apparently really, really likes. And, but I was, yeah, very mistaken here. So we, <laughs> uh, we went through this whole thing and there, you can buy the games individually. You can buy them in uh, packs of two or you can get them all the way up to the, to the four set. Yeah. And there's deluxe versions and there's regular versions, but they called them the classics. And there's this thing too. So they, they called oh, like Marrakesh the City Classic, Collection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that game, had, it's just coming out. And so they labeled all this stuff classic where they should have just labeled it like, uh, I don't know, more or less retail is yeah. what they're talking about. So basically they took, they took an adjective and turned it into a noun. Yes. <laughs> it's right. Like- <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's all over the map. So they do have retail version ish versions of these games on there and they're okay priced, but the, the, the actual good looking deluxe versions of these mm-hmm. games is what everyone's going to be you know interested in. It's got really nice components. Um, and just the box cover art is really cool. And they all yeah. match together on the, on the shelf. Um, but these, these games were coming out Canadian for all four. Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm, games I'm waiting for, for this. Including shipping <laughs> over a thousand dollars for these four games. Four games of Stefan Feld, you know, classic Euro kind of games. $250 up. Piece. And this is for the uh, like the upgraded the metal yeah, coins. These are the and, and like they're the deluxe limits. versions. Yeah, but they're like the good looking version. The, the other versions were kind of like uh, okay, but well, you know. And I'm and, scrolling through. To me, I mean, if you give me some good cardboard, like like the I have one of the Aaliyah Castles of Burgundy with the really thin flicky cardboard. I still mm-hmm. love it. I'll play it because sure. it's it's the mechanism, right? Sure. So yeah, but the oh the the. The goal, the goal of the whole thing, just there's no, you know, in my mind, you just can't, none of those games, it doesn't matter which one, they could be made of gold. They're not worth $250 a piece. Yeah. You know, it's just, it starts getting, um, and insulting. it's a euro, right? It's not like it's, yeah. you're, you're buying like a, a Warhammer, you no. know, coffin no. box game, right? No. And it, yeah, it was just the whole campaign. Or, or yeah. We talked about it for well over an hour on there about all the different things all the different pledge levels. None of them really made sense. The, it was like the low, low pledge levels kind of was okay. Here's a funny comparison. How many kingdom death monsters could you buy for that price? Right? <laughs> no kidding. It, it's unbelievable. Two and a half. And, I think two and a half. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like not a chance, not a chance. You know, I could, I could back uh, like Chronicles of Drunagor and, um, uh, like uh, Lords of Ragnarok, yeah, um, yeah, all these these big epic games, and probably be slightly cheaper than that. Um, yeah. So, like, I could get four games like that for less money. Now, how's this is costing? How is their campaign going? Horribly. So they so there you go. They crossed they, the line, I guess. Right. Right. They had run that first Kickstarter. Um, where they had well, tell uh, me about this whole delay thing it's like oh because of yeah. cargo boxes we're going to delay the shipping and then send it all out that's right like, yeah i gotta wait another two years right so there was a there was a, a separate kickstarter failed thing that that went on and i believe ryan backed it uh that was months ago or maybe a year ago i don't remember yeah. when that happened and uh they they sent updates to the pledgers that oh yeah like we're also doing this other kickstarter with more things and we're going to delay everything on the kickstarter that you guys backed so that we can focus on the other one and so we're not going to do anything until all of the next one is is wrapped up and kind of ship everything together and all this and because shipping was costing so much right they wanted they wanted to recover some money and i'm like that's exactly it not on the backs of your funders no like how is how on earth is that the problem of of the backers? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So Ryan he canceled his pledge, got his money back, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, 90, and then he was looking at this percent of it. Yeah. Yeah, and he was looking at at this pledge to hopefully get in on it. But then when you look at the numbers, I don't remember what how many backers there were for that original one, but quite a few, as far as I understand. Yeah. And then you look at this new one. And for every pledge level, there was, uh, I want to say there was 10 or 12 different pledge levels. It was ridiculous. It was so unorganized. Um, And each one had like 51, like 29, uh, 101. Like, 
See, and H- here's hundreds of backers. We're not talking thousands, hundreds. Here's okay. my here's my next um, um, kind of like red flag. You just mentioned that there's so many different levels. So many. If this is confusing. How is fulfillment going to be? Oh, it's it's not good. I, you're, you're lucky if you get the game that you ordered. Oh, you're going to be lucky for sure. I, this whole thing is one big red flag when you look at it. And you can just tell that there, there's, there's a problem somewhere uh, within the organization or something going People on. People are like wanting too much money, I think. I don't know what it right? is. It's just like... I hope it's not down to just simple greed. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it was the most confusing and annoying Kickstarter that I've done yet or that I've analyzed. Everything about it was wrong. Even like the cheapest options were still overpriced. They were, they were okay. Like if you really wanted the games, like, okay, fine. I'll pay the extra premium for this. But everything else was complete excess there was metal coins for each set. Yeah. I heard there was right? different ones, right? Yeah. So if I wanted uh, gouging, yeah. Oh yeah. Metal coins for Marrakesh. I would have to get those. And those cost like $45. Yeah. But then if I wanted metal coins for uh, a- Amsterdam, another $45. See, and I feel instead- sorry for the addicts. I feel sorry oh. for the completionists, right? Cause they're the ones that are going right? to be like, Oh, I have to because I have, to have it. I have this, I have this psychological need to finish the set. So yeah, yeah, it's like oh, that's and those, shame. those, those are on top of the pledges. Yeah, like ah. that's like another two hundred dollars you could spend on metal coins just to just to complete the sets. And how know? is how is that affecting um, Queen Queen Games credibility? Like, Oof. I because they used to a, be they used to be pretty uh, on a pretty good echelon. Yeah, I, I believe so. They're, they're a publisher that I don't know a ton about. I mean, we have like Escape Zombie City yeah. and a few things here. But um, no, yeah, geez, just looking at that was was hard to look at. Honestly, it was hard to sit there and look at this and just without just wanting to click it and be like, let's, we're done here, right? No, <laughs> like you guys should cancel this campaign and start again yeah. and kind of, you know, rethink what you're doing here because the backing was just not there. There was nobody backing. There was one person. One, <laughs> one person that was backing that all, all in pledge, a that's single the person, person. That's the person who's been on vacation for a while and went, what? yeah. what's going on? Oh, wait, right? let me cancel that. <laughs> yeah, he, he went in on it like, and then jumped on the plane and he's, he's yeah. stuck with it, right? So, yeah. oh man, I don't know. The whole thing was a mess. Hi, if you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, Please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and would also help others find our podcast when they search for board game podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, eh? And we are back. Thank you so much. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going into some reviews. And uh, before we get into reviews, just want to highlight the way we approach reviews. And uh, because being teachers, we like to have things very detailed and formatted and structured. And yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) We like to control the Bullet points. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have we have a four kind of segment area. The first one, game details, because I mean you have to introduce the lesson with some proper details, uh, and then we go into uh, the second part is overview and the nuts and bolts. And we don't spend too much time, but we enough time to provide a context as to what's going on about the game, because we're there to talk about uh, our opinions rather than than yeah. give you an overview. So and then that's the third one is our opinions. And we go through a pretty good uh, outside in, starting like with the box art and your first impressions, and then pop in you know, and you're, as you're kind of like an ar- like an archaeological dig kind of thing. Um, and the <laughs> the feature part in our in our opinions is we like to hit on uh, we'd like to try to find a unique mechanism in every game, um, and sometimes the unique mechanism is the theme, right? Um, and then we finish off with our conclusions, uh, which is our last kind of, a lot of the times we have this thing that we call top shelf, middle shelf, bottom shelf, or the trade pile. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's, our, that's our kind of rating system. So that being said, uh, uh, once again, Rob, thanks 
so much for sitting in while uh, Ryan no is uh, being the best dad and best husband in the world and taking care of his family. Um, what do you want to what do you want to talk to us about here? I am going to review Nemesis from Awaken Realms. Uh, this is a one to five player game. It takes about 90 to 180 minutes, which may or may not be correct, uh, <laughs> uh, especially since I've only played it once. Um, and that was last night. And it was oh, it's a nice and fresh. Cool. Yes, it's extraordinarily fresh. Um, the designer is Adam Kwapinski, art from Piotr Foksowik. I'm going to apologize now. Good Lord. Uh, Patrick Yaparacic, Ua Labbeck, and Andres Polteranos. Yeah, and it's published by Awaken Realms. This game is <laughs> a semi-cooperative game. So that's a big, a big <laughs> thing here. Is this a semi-cooperative game in which you and the, your crewmates must survive on a ship infested with hostile organisms? To win the game, you have to complete one of two objective cards that you were dealt at the beginning of the game, and you must get to Earth alive. <laughs> you will find many <laughs> obstacles on your way, such as swarms of intruders, which is the name given to the alien organisms by the ship's AI system, and the poor physical condition of the ship itself, agendas held by your fellow players, and sometimes just pure, cruel fate. <laughs> this game is extraordinarily interesting mm -hmm. it was a very social game um so let's talk about the mechanisms so this is a minis based game you are on a ship not unlike um you know the ship from the original alien movie yeah I, <laughs> let's 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 put it out there they this is aliens without acquiring the ip Yes, in in <laughs> it's almost it's a combination of aliens and alien. Yeah, okay, cool. because yeah. it's 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 the same kind of idea as aliens, where there's lots of aliens, yeah. but you're up on a ship. There's nowhere yeah. to go. Um, so yeah, you're on the ship, and your crewmates you bust out of your cryo sleep, and there's alarms going and lights flashing, and chaos is erupted on the ship, and you're not sure why. And then the the AI system is telling you that there's intruders, there's intruders, and you're trying to. Uh, figure out what that means and you find out in horrible ways what that means <laughs> and so um, you can picture it's like all chaos on this this starship and um, okay so you you have yourself a character one of six there's the scout the scientist the pilot the captain the mechanic and the soldier to pick from and you actually get to draft out those characters at the beginning which is kind of neat you get dealt cards and you pick one and you pass it around and do this kind of nice. thing yeah, and they each have they each come with their own in individual deck uh, that it has some similar cards as other players, but then I think it's a ten card deck, and I think there's seven or eight are unique to you, and two that are the same as everyone else. Cool. Um, and yeah, you're dealt these two um, objective cards, and these things are everything in this game. This is the only way you can <laughs> yeah. win. There are so many ways you can win. Um, and they, they come in pairs. There's one that's a personal objective card that you can end up choosing to go down that route. Yeah. Or there's a corporate objective card oh. that you can go down that route. So it's very interesting. And those things will say things like, um, for the personal one, it's like uh, one of your cards might say, you and player three must survive for you to win. Okay. And you're all assigned a, a number. So you know exactly who player three is. And, but these things are all kept totally secret, right? All right. Um, and then there's a, 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 a corporate card that says everyone must die other than you or things like that. Or it could even be you must sacrifice yourself. Like if you can blow up the ship, taking everyone and yourself included, that's a you, win oh. sort of thing, right? So <laughs> that's there's where, all that's where that semi co-op comes in. Yes, it's very, very <laughs> semi because nobody trusts each other. Um, so you start off in the, and you come out of these cryopods in the middle of the, in the middle of the board. And then there's, there's, I believe 15, 15 or 16 locations around the board, yeah. uh, that are, are laid out at random. And they're, they're these hex tiles that you're going to flip over once you move into those rooms and it's going to reveal what the room does and what type of room it is. And it's going to also reveal uh, a very cool, uh, mechanic about how many items are found in that room. Cause you're going to flip over the main you're going to found, uh, yeah. flip over the main tile and it's also going to have a little token on it. And that token is also laid out at random. And it's going to tell you exactly how many items can be found in that room. 
And also like a special thing that may have happened to that room. It might close the door. It might, yeah. it might get covered in slime, things like this. And it's, it's really neat because you just spin the tile on the table um, to this little mark on the board to indicate how many items are in there because around the edge of the tile are numbers. Okay. And if that tile was deemed to have four items, you, you'd spin the four over to the, to the item arrow saying that there's four okay, in this yeah. room. So that every time you search that room for an item, you just spin it down to three, to two, to one, and to zero, and then no one can search in that room anymore. It's very, very cool. So you're, you're, you're walking around the ship and you're trying to find items and you're trying to complete your objective. But how do you complete your objective? You've got to do so many things. There's engines, there's the bridge, the engines must be working first off. Yeah. Um, so you have to make sure that those engines are working. But at the beginning of the game, those engines are set to maybe working, maybe not. And yeah. you don't know until you get there. Everyone's responsible uh, for the function of the system. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. have to go and check this stuff out. And you're supposed to reveal information. You can lie. You can do anything you want. <laughs> so if I go down to the engine room and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go down and check it out. And I flip it over and I see that it's broken. I can say, yeah, it's good to go. And I can put it back. And they, have to, they don't have to believe me. But yeah, that's and that could be one of those things where you're like, that's part of my mission is to take the ship apart. Yes. And oh. all the while, while you're moving around the ship, um, you cre are creating noise. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As you move in and out of rooms, you have to roll a dice to say to see how much noise you made, if you made noise first off and how much noise. Yeah. And depending on the amount of noise is you're going to be placing down these markers. And if there's X amount of markers put down, all of a sudden, boom you get attacked out of the ceiling comes an alien. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about the movie now. They're all over us, man. right? It's exactly that. They're all over here. They're in the and room. You kind of, you kind of, yeah, you kind of pause your turn and, and you have to roll to, uh, to, to see whether or not you're going to fight this alien. Cause sometimes you can end up hiding from it. Cause what'll happen is depending on the amount of cards in your hand, when this alien comes through the floor or comes through the roof, um, if you have less cards in your hand versus the number token of the alien that you pulled, oh yeah, you pull the alien out of a bag, by the yeah. way. So it's all at random. Oh. Um, so you might get a queen, you might get an adult, you might get it, uh, uh, all these other, there's like six or eight different figures. And um, if the number on the token that you pulled is higher than the amount of cards you have in your hand, you are getting attacked immediately. And that's a bad thing. You'll flip over some cards and it'll tell you what happened to you. And you're going to get injuries and you're going to get uh, like major injuries and you're going to get contaminated. Oh, and you, man. And it's I'm so anxious wild. just listening to this. Oh, it's so <laughs> wild. Um, and then if you get if somehow you survive that fight, that's great. But at the end of the round, you're also going to get attacked again. <laughs> so you oh, have your chance because wow. you're doing your the whole uh the first phase of the game is all just us doing our things. We each get to do actions around the table until we run out of actions and then it's their turn. But in the middle of doing those actions, if they do that surprise attack, you, you know, you're getting uh, going to be attacked twice this round at least. And yeah, you're there's the, the way to win the game is you have to do one of a few different things up front and then you have to check your, uh, your win condition on your card. If you survive to that point, so in order for the game to, or for your player to technically survive, you have to be on the ship with at least two of the three engines running by the time that the, uh, the clock runs out, it goes down to 15 rounds. Yeah. Um, if you're on the ship, when the time runs out and you're in the cryo uh, stasis, like if you're sleeping yeah. and you have two of the three engines running and you've got the coordinates set to go to earth, you are at least going to be able to go on to the next section of win uh, conditions. <laughs> but the computer, the main computer in the bridge, you can go up there and you can fiddle with that and you can yeah. change it to go to Mars or Venus yeah. or whatever. So you can sabotage where it's going. And again, you're keeping that information hidden from each other. You can lie and you can do whatever. But if you change things, you have to say, I changed it. So that if I know if I was down in engine room one and they, uh, I know I looked at it and it was good. And I put it back and then someone else goes down there and they look at it and they change it. They have to at least change it so that, the, or they have to tell us they changed yeah. it so that the people that went down there to look at it, at least know that it's what it is now versus yeah. what it used to be. 
um, and they and can that, deal and with just it. that could play mind games with somebody who hasn't checked it. <laughs> oh, it's like, unreal. Do I believe you or do I believe you? <laughs> totally. So, and the, also the other win, th- thing you can do to, to try and survive is get to a uh, escape pod. And there's only three of them and they can carry uh-huh. two people each. But when you, when you activate one, um, the only way the escape pods can be uh, unlocked to become usable is if you set the self-destruct timer. <laughs> so then the self-destruct timer negates basically the, the, the uh, game timer yeah. and it cuts it down to like six turns and then it's over. The ship is going to explode. And halfway through that timer going down, the, the, uh, the uh, escape pods will unlock and become usable, but you have to get to the bay that allows you to get to them and you have to, you can't be fighting an alien and yeah. And you have to get in these things and shoot out into space and hope that your wind conditions are going to be met after that. And it's just an absolute <laughs> wild ride of a game. Cool. <laughs> I, you know what? And I, I'm pretty sure that you hit a lot of your opinions um, uh, in, in, in that oh, part. I got a lot but, more to say, honestly. But um, so here I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the rapid fire through this. So, the box art, the box cover. I mean, I can yes. see it behind you. It, it yep. looks, it's got that, that phenomenal. Horror. Yeah. Yep. It's very, it's very, um, yeah, it's very alien. Thematic. Yeah. It's got it coming out from behind him and he doesn't know it's there. And, and all the art on the board is very creepy and dark and dank. <laughs> and, and like, uh, there's dim, dim lights on and kind of, yeah, it's very, it's very what you'd expect from aliens. Cool. Um, the artwork on all the cards is amazing. The artwork on the player boards is amazing. It's all by the, the same crew here that just yeah. does everything. And they all, they, you know, it all matches. Everything's really, really well, really high detail on a lot of them as well. Um, the yeah, minis, so the components. The Tell components. Oh, goodness. The components are uh, extraordinary. Um, the minis, uh, like the, there's a queen alien in here. It's about four inches tall. Um, five inches tall. Then there's three or four different um, minis representing the adult aliens. So you can, it, it's not just the same one yeah, all over the yeah, place. Right you can on. have all the different ones. Then there's the larvas and these creepers and crawlers. Oh. And and it's it's so cool that way. The components are the excellent. Heebie-jeebie. Oh, it's so good. Um, then there are uh, little... Um, uh, little markers that go on top of the numbers and they're like those little like a viticulture yeah. uh, glass beads yeah, yeah. that that light up whatever's underneath them and, mm-hmm. and make it look bigger and, and brighter it looks really cool they, they look really nice on the table um, the uh, rule book is long and extensive <laughs> well that means there's constant. a lot of stuff right I mean there's a, yeah, lot, of- there's a lot going on and a lot of things that trigger in the middle of something else that's happening. So if you, yeah, you really have to reference that book. But now I've got it down pat, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of reading as we're going through like, wait, what do we do when this happens kind of thing, right? But it was all there and it was all uh, really well laid out. And uh, yeah, I can't complain about that. Nice. Um, and does it all connect? Absolutely. Like a, like a hand in a glove, does this stuff connect? It connects so well that your description was causing me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, and I've had this game for two years. And you finally got it. On I the played table. it last night. Yeah. And I was like, why? How have I waited this long? Well, I mean, you pointed out you've got a big collection. So this, yeah. these, things got to take their turn, right? Right. And there's one really cool thing in this game, too. Yeah. Um, where you can get infected. You get these infection cards from various things. And... I forget what games use it, but you know, like there's um, Robinson Crusoe has that where it comes back to you later. It's like, oh, you you got a cut and blah blah blah, and then yeah. you put that deck card back in the deck, and then if it comes back, the bottom part you read and go, by the way, if you didn't do this, this or this, you now are like lose this many health. Right. So what what happens in this is you even if you sur- say you survive. Um, and you, you've gone all the way to the end of the ship's on its way to earth yeah. and you're doing your best. You then have to check your contamination because you may die before you get there and you, yeah. you get these cards, the contamination cards, and they all have a secret code on them. And you're going to take that card out of your deck, whichever ones you have in your deck, and you're going to throw it into the scanner. And it's, it's got the red, yeah, um, yeah. the red, uh, 
cellophane or whatever that is. And it'll show you whether or not that blood sample you just put (laughs) is infected or not. (laughs) Yeah. And that will have a huge bearing on whether or not uh, you can, you'll survive and be able to check your wind conditions. And so there's just, this game is trying to kill you at every corner. So it, you don't it, know if you win until you're like packing that game up and putting more it back or less, in the box. Yes. Honestly, it's like <laughs> down to the very, very end. You have to get through so many obstacles like that seem insurmountable for you to win is like, oh my goodness. It's like, it's almost like that. It's that captured feeling of, especially the original alien with, with Ripley on the ship oh, yeah. against all odds, like no way she's going to make it out of this. Right. And then sure enough, she does, but like, and that's the way this felt. And it's like, everyone's got their own objectives, their own thing in mind. And they're all trying to trip each other up and close doors and leave you behind so that I can get to the escape pod and take off. Because if, if on my win condition, you're on it, I, I can't have you on it. Right. If I'm going to win, you got to die sort of thing. So I got to get to the escape pod and push the button and take off before you get in as well and, and try to take off with me sort of thing. What I'm perceiving as a unique mechanism in this game has not really anything to do with the game, but the psychology of the players playing this game. Cause yes, I right away. I'm thinking at, at certain points, if, if I see people going for their objective cards and they're doing like a mid game peak, that right. makes me nervous. Like, uh Oh, that's like, like yeah. why, why are you looking at that again? What? Whoa, whoa, right? whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Did everybody see that? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, what is he? Yeah, what's he? He's like, he's he's going to that side of the board. That's where the... Check that. How many times do you need to read that card? Why? Right? He keeps oh, looking yeah. at it. He's stressing me out. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, it's it's so interesting. It's, it's way more interesting than I would have uh, originally thought. I thought it was going to be really cool. Yeah. But this has a lot of things going on. And all these these hurdles you have to leap over because like this game is trying to kill all of us all the time. So like, I think a lot of the time you would find that a lot of people, everyone's going to die. Yeah. Like it's just the way it's going to be. Here's the ultimate question for the conclusion. Is this top shelf, mid shelf or bottom shelf? This game is absolutely 100% top shelf. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, I'm ashamed at myself for have not been played this till now. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. I don't, I don't know if my my game is as epic and as <laughs> anxiety filling. Oh, um, <laughs> unbelievable! But uh, I, I had a chance to do some uh, naturalistic uh, therapy, oh. playing some Cascadia. Oh, there we go. And uh, so Cascadia is designed by Randy Flynn. Um, art by Beth Sobel, because we had mentioned we like the artists with Ian O'Toole and stuff. And uh, published by Flat Out Games and AEG. This is, hey, shocker, this plays solo. <laughs> it plays one hey. to four, uh, 30 to 45 minutes. And I think that's pretty accurate because I have played three player and we've got it in 45 minutes. Um, it's a 10 and up. It's, I think it's a, you know, an average weight game. What this game is, um, let's get into, uh, we just did the detail, the, the, uh, the details of it. So the nuts and bolts, um, I always like reading the description cause they, they put some, put some good time into it. So Cascadia is a puzzly little, uh, tile laying and token drafting game featuring the, uh, the habitats and wildlife of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, in the game, you take turns building, out your own terrain area and populating it with wildlife. You start with three hexagonal habitat tiles with five types of habitat in the game. And on your turn, you choose a new habitat tile that's paired with a wildlife token, then place that tile next to your other ones and place the wildlife token on an appropriate habitat. Each tile has a uh, icon representing what can live in that, uh, that wildlife token. Um, so four, uh, four tiles 
are on display with each tile um, being paired at random with a wildlife token that you pull out of the bag. Uh, so you must make the best of what's available. Unless you have a nature uh, token, which is a cute little acorn uh, to spend uh, that you can pick up your choice of each item or you can use this acorn to clear the the animals or you can as it says you can use this acorn to pick a uh, non-pair which is a pretty powerful thing to do uh, when when uh, once this game starts rolling so ideally you can place habitat tiles to create matching terrain that reduce fragments fragmentation and, and creates wildlife corridors so basically there's there's um, a range of animals and then there's a range of habitat tiles so you're trying to make two different puzzles work together because um, for the continuity that you can make in each habitat you score one point if you get more than seven uh, in, in a solo game if you get more than seven it's a threshold where you get bonus points in a multiple player game uh, you're competing when it's scoring time you're competing with everybody to see who has the most mountain terrain, who has the most, and whoever has the most gets a big bonus, whoever has the second gets a little bonus, and you know, and then for whoever's after that. Um, so there's that part of the terrain. Now with the animals, very much like tiny towns, you've got a set of cards with each species, and each species has, uh, I think, six different cards that you can select from, and you're, you're trying to um, populate the habitats with a certain design or certain configuration of these species um, discs. And so sometimes bears like to be by themselves. Sometimes there's a mama and a cub. So you have to have trios sometimes, you know, uh, with eagles or with the, with the birds. Sometimes there's a, a you know, line of sight across a, a distance or they can't be touching any other birds because they're independent. So there's all these very unique situations with foxes, birds, uh, bears, elk, uh, salmon, and That's the awesome. salmon. Yeah, the salmon. It's like salmon runs. So, so a lot of the times, what likes to what likes to be by salmon runs? Other animals that eat salmon. So, there's a card where you get extra points for different species around your salmon run. Right. So, um, I got to bring up my little uh, my little thoughts here. Um, so, how you win is is there's a certain amount of tiles that come out according to amount of players, which is the timer of the game. Because the moment you can't pick up a habitat tile to put back in the market, game ends and you right. score. So the scoring is you score per uh, card for your for your species of animal, depending on the configurations and patterns. Then the bottom half is you score your habitats, who has the most connected habitats and 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 uh, you know first second placements in that. And you get, uh, if you have acorns left, they're points too. And that's pretty much how you score your points. Now, um, let's get to some opinions outside in. Uh, it's Beth Sobel. So it's yep. going to be gorgeous. <clears throat> Absolutely. It is gorgeous. Yep. It's the Pacific Northwest. So um, speaking of that region, you, you live in that region. Yep, that's my backyard, literally right there. Yeah, it's yeah. And uh, and I'm from the prairies. And every time I need to like um, uh, uh, harmony, get back to recharging my batteries. I, mm -hmm. I love going to the mountains because it's probably eight hours away. And sure. uh, so that just the, the, the aesthetics on the box to me, nostalgically bring me into all those connections I have with all of that gorgeous environment. Absolutely. So the components, it's pretty straightforward. It's very much uh, the, the, the tie-in. And I'll talk a little bit about how Calico kind of connects with this, but it's a hexagonal tile and you've got wooden discs with gorgeous art and images. Um, so the components, bang on. Rule book and readability layout. This game is so intuitive. Because mm -hmm. it's what I've heard from everyone. I, I can't believe I yeah. didn't get this. Just, it, it's just here's the market. You pick a pair, and if you have an acorn, you can pick a different pair. Yeah. And then you repopulate, and then it's your turn, and you build this puzzle. Now, the a lot of people go, Oh, it's you know, this all these little independent things. Well, maybe not, because if I see that you it's like, wow, you see that bird there that you really need to trigger a lot of points, I'm gonna take that bird. Right. And I don't I have to put the habitat tile. I don't have to put the animal down. So 
just like seven wonders where you could take a card and just burn it for gold right yeah be like hey you know what uh, this bird didn't make it <laughs> oh and you needed it and the bad one didn't come out of the bag oh i'm so sorry right <laughs> so that's that's the that's the interaction you can have which is fun sometimes because you can just eyeball someone and go don't touch that bear don't touch that yep. bear don't that's do, my do bear. It. oh yeah exactly right <laughs> and they just be watching you it's like that's the last cookie. That's the last cookie. Uh, <laughs> and then lick the bottom and put it back. Totally. Yeah. Um, so uh, the game system and game style, it's an abstract game that cleverly connects the theme to it in such a way that, that you can understand the puzzle that you're trying to solve. I think right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. You can yeah. see the cards, you can see, the patterns that you need to develop, you can see the options that you have in your market, and you can see how you're able to, as far as abstract wise, uh, oh, and you love the abstract stuff too. I do. Um, yeah, so you would, oh man, you would totally dial this one in. I know, um, I, I don't know how I didn't get this. I just, yeah. yeah I I now the unique mechanisms, we always like to talk about that. And I think what's unique about this isn't necessarily that they're doing things different. I think what's unique about this is the same uniqueness as, and I've talked about this before, that Uwe Rosenberg had when he came up with Patchwork and went, this is very cool. Now, what else can I do with this, right? Yeah. So yep. Calico to me is that original kind of, hey, this is a very cool abstract pattern building game that we've developed here. What happens when we throw some different, you know, spices on this and then totally. oh, you come up with Cascadia. Now I understand, and I haven't played Verdant, that's the third in this series. And, okay. and as much as I love uh, Patchwork, Rosenberg, um, you accelerate through Cottage Garden and all the, you know, Feast for Odin does that too. And yeah. then you get to New York Zoo. I absolutely adore New York Zoo. Yeah, that one I haven't got is, to yet either. Which is Patchwork with a really cool theme and some extra, you know, um, vari variable kind of scoring things to it. So that's, to me, that's the unique part is, is the expanding on a really cool you know dna i guess mm -hmm. right absolutely um, yeah and does this all connect absolutely i mean abstractly it connects it connects in the fact that like i said thematically with the salmon if the card says that this is you know how these scores i can all honestly look at what they're trying to explain to me and make that connection go yeah i get it i'm i buy it right there's enough there's enough clues in their uh, uh, mechanics to thematic connection where I, I buy it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, conclusions. Yeah, this is this this made top shelf. Really? Is, as far as abstracts go, because, and this is what I was talking to with Ryan before about like, you know, our top favorite games uh, and solo games is um, this doesn't take more than five minutes to get going. That's where, great. Where Mage Knight takes me two days to get going because on the first day i have to go watch you know yep. uh some some tutorials and go okay i gotta get this whole game system back in my head so that i can play it it's it's amazing i love that game but that's where this has that little kind of like pardon me let me get into this top shelf and sit down right beside you because <laughs> in five minutes i'm like duke, 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 duke. all right i'm playing and i yeah. flip to the back and go all right where am i on this solo campaign Oh, I need to make this many points with this many things and this many things. And okay, here we go. Those are my objectives. Let's play this game. Oh, and, awesome. and and then I'm done in 30 minutes. Right. So top shelf. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. I gotta yeah, get yeah. my hands on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're we're costing each other money in this yeah, episode. Absolutely. You know, Norm, Nemesis is solo. I know. I know. <laughs> As you were talking about it, I'm looking at it, I'm going, uh, yeah. here we go. Here we yeah, go. It's I might have to a little extra deck that you have to use and stuff, but I think it'll play very similar. Well, and 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 here's a plug um, uh, to uh, one of the local places in town that we posted this on our on our Bridge City Board Gamers Facebook is King Me Board Gamery does board game rentals now. Really? So I might have to check out my local uh, board gamery cafe and uh, see if they have this copy because, yeah. Oh yeah. Who doesn't like to feel that whole Hudson through the room, man? The room yeah. over us. You've it it comes in spades. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs>
Well, we're, let's wrap this up. I think this was such an awesome episode. And and if you've listened to the beginning to the end, you know that Rob um, pulled a huge favor and sat in on this episode because Ryan was being the best dad, husband, and dude around and taking mm-hmm. care of his family during this COVID time. Um, thank you, sir. Yeah. Hey, appreciate, appreciate uh, my it. pleasure. My pleasure, Norm. Love to help you out anytime. Cool. Um, Vice yeah. versa. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said... Uh, um, I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Rob. And we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course... Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.